Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail where you can, in turn, inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we are able to do in His name. Amen. I am your running host, Dean Thompson. You know, we all want an exciting life, don't we? Whether it's our running, our walking, our job, our spiritual journey, well, we're going to discuss that topic today. And then I'm going to talk about how we should strive to be more like goldfish. Hmm. <laughs> and joining me to discuss those stories and a lot more is Run for God founder, Mitchell Hollis. You never have a lack of interesting topic names. Yeah. <laughs> be like a goldfish. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. It reminds me of the one, one I wrote one, one called Run Like a Dog. Yeah, that was uh, yeah, that was one of my favorites. You've had some, you've had some pithy, pithy <laughs> names. Hey, we got a lot of stuff going on right now. We do. I mean, today as this is releasing January twenty third, we've got people all over the country, all over the world, kicking off their what could be their first couch to marathon challenge. We got people who are doing it as a repeat. Um, we had our live kickoff last night. If you missed that, you can go back and watch that on the Run for God page. But Dean, this is exciting. I mean, since we started, this will be our third year doing the Couch to Marathon. And what we thought was kind of a joke at the time. Not really a joke, but we, you know, we didn't really know what this would do. We thought, I'm going to run a marathon. You run marathons. Let's let's invite everybody to run a marathon with us. We thought 50 yeah. people. We'd be happy. And, and we that, wondered about the whole idea of going from zero to a full marathon in a year, if that was a little bit too much. It's kind or, of uncharted territory. Yeah. Um, is, is many training plans and programs that are out there, I still have yet to see the phrase couch to marathon. Yeah. And I f- have a feeling there's a lot of people out there who roll their eyes when they see it because mm-hmm. – and and honestly, we we, did. we didn't know as well. But yeah. um, whether walking or running, if you do it right and you do what the plan says, it's solid. Yeah, it is solid. We've done it both running and walking now. And uh, of course, we knew the plans were solid. We knew that the five k, right. the ten k, the half, and the full are all solid principles. Well, we're just simply taping them all together. And yeah. putting two week break in between each each step, and that's that's solid training principles. And here so, we are with uh, one group starting off fresh, and another group finishing up. We're leaving this Friday to head to Big Beach yeah. Marathon down in Gulf Shores to yeah. to see another class finish. Um, yeah, and we we got all kind of things on the horizon that are just a lot of fun. The walk through the Bible is going strong that one's blown me away you know we didn't know how that would go yeah um but hundreds of people are tuning in yeah every day to listen to that and it's man it's just so encouraging so it's amazing how god can use two broken down old guys to do stuff isn't it yeah Yeah. i'm feeling like that more and more every day um but yeah so it's uh it's a lot of fun but hey let's let's move on but before we move on let me talk about this week's sponsor uh, Smile Doctors Orthodontics is the best choice 
for braces. It is a fun, playful environment that takes all the stress out of getting braces. The workers are very caring and work toward each patient's specific needs until they are complete. Your first consultation is free and they will examine exactly what needs to be done for you personally. If you're interested in getting braces, whether an adult or a child, find your local Smile Doctors and get your free consultation now. Um, again, both my kids have used Smile Doctors. Uh, their teeth are straight, so they mm-hmm. work. Um, and it was. It, it's a great environment down there. I've talked about the big relaxing you know our local smile doctors they're they're all over but uh, our local one has the big massage chairs and it's it's a pretty cool environment so they cool. they do a really good job so go check them out absolutely how about a facebook post from last week this one comes from laura jacobs laura jacobs has lots of interesting things to mm-hmm. say she'll occasionally send me an interesting article or something that she finds and uh it's always she's she's always engaged and i like i love it but this one is uh goes like this i have never felt pain like this it was so weird and uncomfortable saturday i'll be wearing an extra layer fleece lined leggings and thick socks oh and i need to buy mittens as dean suggests my gloves just didn't cut it (laughs) after an awesome church service this morning i came home got my running clothes on and was all ready to head out the door until i realized my phone and my headphones were almost dead i wanted to run at least 12 miles but ran out of daylight and battery note to self bring your portable charger when you're doing a long run so i had to stop at 10 miles As soon as I stopped running, I started hurting from the middle of my back to the bottom of my knee. I'm guessing it was from the cold. Never had that happen before. It felt so weird. I had no issues running in the cold last year. Of course, I also had an extra 60 pounds of insulation last year at this time. I just hope it doesn't happen on Saturday when I attempt my 20 miler. It's going to be pretty cold that day too, and I'll be bundling up more, that's for sure. Three more weeks, and it's marathon time. Thankfully, I won't have to bundle up in Gulf Shores. <laughs> That's a, I love the post because the, the thing about this, her, her attitude about it is just right. Mm-hmm. Like she's concerned. She knows something's going on. She's in tune with her body, mm-hmm. but she's also not freaking out about it. Yeah, I see so many people, they get some kind of thing like this because it's clearly that this was pretty intense. Yeah. And they just freak out. It's like, oh, my gosh, the world's ending. And she's going, I, we're going to keep moving and see how this thing goes and how it plays out. And, uh, and I love that. Um, and I see this all the time. People who have a pain or a discomfort or something, and they don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and the truth is, a lot of times things do. They just pop up. You know, I had one recently. I was out on a run, and I had a pain in my groin. And it was it was so bad, I was limping while mm-hmm. I was running. It was really bad. And um, I, I was just like, let me just get to the finish line here of this run. And I did. And then, you know, the next day I was a little sore, but it was fine. Mm-hmm. It was fine. And most of the time it'll be that way. But it won't be if you freak out about it. Yeah, I think I think you said it right. Laura's got the the perfect attitude here because usually you have one of two, one of two people. You mm-hmm. got the person that freaks out. They stop everything. They go sit in an ice bath for three days. They go to the doctor. They elevate. They they do all the things overkill. Mm-hmm. Or <laughs> you have the person that just completely ignores it. <laughs> you know, I've I've been guilty of that one. For sure, wound up with a stress fracture. Um, so yeah, it's, it's Laura did it right. If if you have something that 
especially something that you've never felt before. Yeah. Um, because you're right. The human body is a strange being. Um, and things will pop up that are hurt. You, you give it a little time. I said if it feels like it's something that needs to be iced, and then chances are the next time you go out for a run, it's not even there anymore. Yeah. Um, but freaking out, like you said, is it does nobody any good. So Yeah. Um Yeah, and when you freak out you tend to favor something yeah. more and then yeah. and then that, that causes more problems. Yeah. But she mentions the cold and the I don't think the chances of this being cold related are, are probably not the cold. It probably had more to do with something else. But I will say this. When you've lost 60 pounds, mm-hmm. you will feel different in the cold. Sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Uh, you will. And, you know, it could be something that, you know, maybe if it was exceptionally cold that day, colder than usual, and she maybe didn't warm up like she should have. And, you know, you, things feel different when you don't warm up and it's that cold. So, That's you true. know, you, you could have tweaked something, something minor, and you just feel it for the first time. So, yep. yeah. Yeah. Well, I hope her 20-mile run goes well this weekend. All right, how about a tri- the trivia question from last week was, was who was the first female runner to be on the cover of Sports Illustrated? And that was Jackie Joyner-Kersey. Mm. Do you know that name? I do know the name. Yeah. I didn't know she was the first one on the cover, but yes. She was. Uh, and, you know, that's really, when you think about it, that was that's fairly late in the game. I mean, this was yes, in... What was that, in the 80s? Late, late 80s? 70s or early 80s. Okay. I can't remember what year it was, but it was... it was uh, Yeah, it was late. Probably in the 80s. Uh, she was also named uh, in, on Sports Illustrated for Women, Women, which is a little bit different magazine from Sports Illustrated, a spinoff from it. Um, she was named the greatest female athlete of all time. Hmm. Uh, that's a pretty hefty accolade. Well, I mean, I, I think about it, I knew her. I knew who she was as a kid. I wasn't a runner as a kid, but yet I knew her name. She was a household name, yeah. And so that that says something that for a household that there were no runners, yeah. Um, that that I knew who she was. So yeah, uh, yeah, she was a big deal back then. She was a heptathlete, sprinter, long jumper. Um, in the, again in the eighties and the nineties, she won three gold medals, one silver, two bronze uh, in the Olympics, um, three in the heptathlon, and three in the long jump. Um, she won four golds in the world championships as well. Um, she was also, while she was in college, she was a basketball player. So not only was she this great track athlete, but during the wintertime, she's out there scoring a bunch of points. She's the 19th leading scorer for UCLA to this day. Really? Um, so she was not just a basketball player. She was a good one. Uh, and UCLA has a heck of a program. So obviously she was a, a, a great basketball player as well. Um, and she still holds the world record for the heptathlon that she set in the 1988 Olympics. Wow. That is incredible mm-hmm. to me that that could still be the case, uh, that, that she would still hold that. So, um, And these days, she does a lot of work in her community um, in the St. Louis area, which is where she lives. Uh, she does a lot of things to try to help kids become more active, particularly those kids in in. Um, less fortunate neighborhoods, and uh, so that that's pretty cool to see her out there doing that. She's still married to her coach from that day, Bobby Kersey. Uh, mm. Bobby um, is still coaching today. Matter of fact, he coaches uh, Sydney McLaughlin Larone. Hmm. So, uh, which he, you know, just not knowing a ton about Jackie Joyner, it, it's kind of the modern day Jackie Joyner. 
Yeah, she's, as far as fame and notoriety. Yeah, she's probably the the premier yeah. female track athlete right now. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, anyway. So are we on track to have an even better 2023? We just talked a little bit about that. Do you think um, we're headed down that road? We are. All right. Yeah, we've got some really cool things. We're uh, you and I actually leaving for a meeting today about some possible exciting news, uh, and uh, we'll share more about that later. But yeah, just it, it's funny how, gosh, God just opens doors sometimes, yeah. and um, you know it's it's up to us to walk through them. Yep. Um, and I think we've. We're, we're learning more and more to, to walk through those, even if it's doors that are unfamiliar, we don't know about. You know, it's uncharted territory. Um, but when God opens them, walk through them. For sure. Yep. Now, we haven't talked too much about J Radio over the past several podcasts, but don't forget, we're sponsored by J Radio. Yep. And J Radio is a great streaming platform. And if you're looking for a great, wholesome place, to stream your Christian music, um, look at J Radio and give them a try. As a mom, I want to make sure we choose a cereal that's not entirely derived from sugar. Their car seats have to be nationally CPS certified, and their first car has to have every possible safety feature known to man. I just want to do my best to make sure that they're safe. One thing I don't have to worry about is the content they hear on J Radio. Not only do they love the music, but I know it's only going to be a positive message that I would approve of. Now, if I could just figure out how to get my youngest from sticking everything up his nose. Sign up at jradio.com and download the new J Radio app in your app store. All right, we're back. Uh, we still do Thursday nights. You know, th- every Thursday night we have a live session. Now, you got to be part of Run Club to participate in the Thursday night live sessions. But, uh, you know, we're, we're, we just recently talked about jumping out of airplanes. I mean, how much more exciting <laughs> can you get than to talk about jumping out of airplanes, right? So um, it, if Thursday nights are fun. You never know what you're going to get. Uh, and it's a lot of fun. You can do a lot. Of, there's a lot of feedback there, and it's, it makes it a little more intimate. So it's pretty cool. We also need, we need you to share your stories. You know, we've been tooting this horn Mm -hmm. and uh, we had a few, few folks respond. We need some more. Mm -hmm. So uh, you've got a story, whoever you are, wherever you are, you have a story. And I realize it takes some time to get down and sit down and write it all down and, and do all that. But, but do it. It's worth it. Reliving that experience as you write that story is so much fun Mm -hmm. and you will totally enjoy it if you'll just find an hour to sit down and write it down and submit your story at runforgod.com and if you've tried to submit your story in the past on the uh on your phone Mm -hmm. we found a glitch on there yeah so if you if you tried to submit it and you just threw your hands up and said this isn't working well it was for good reason it's because it wasn't working uh, so we found that somebody brought it to our attention. We got that fixed, and so now you can go to runforgod.com on your phone, go down to click your submit your story, and it all works now. So yeah. if you tried to do that and it didn't work, we're sorry about that, but it is fixed now. All right, so get out there and get it done. You know, I was reading a recent survey that from this uh, site. It's called Shoe Hero. Interesting name for a site, uh, but it showed how far. This was just a. a they ask people, how far do you think you could run without stopping? And so uh, 
very interestingly that I think the average, the overall average was probably somewhere in the 250 to 300 meter range was probably so the, I'm average. assuming they were asking non-runners on the street. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, I guess on the, I don't know on the street. I don't know where well, they, wherever. Yeah, I don't know where they got their sample from. Um, but they asked people from all 50 states. Yeah. So uh, which state do you think was number one that thought they could run further than anybody else? Turns out to be Utah. So Utah, the people in Utah, their average was 469 meters, which is still only just over one lap around a track. Yeah, I mean, the numbers here blew me away. Yeah. I, I would have thought it would have been in the miles. Yeah. Because I'm convinced you can. Yeah. A non-runner who's never run in their life. Now, it's a head game. That first run ever is a head game. Yeah. But as far as your legs, you can do a lot more than you think you can, which is what we always warn against because we know that the body can. And usually when somebody starts running, they get that confidence too, but you don't need to go do that. Yeah. That's the point. Yeah, so the the last state that thought they could run the least, (laughs) 58 meters was the average. And that came from Alaska. Sorry, Gene. Yeah, my goodness, 58 (laughs) meters. The state of Georgia, where we're at, was 290 meters. It was kind of right there in that wheelhouse. How how did it come up? uh, 58 meters. Well, it was just an average. Okay, so So all the answers and they averaged them together. Yeah, yeah, so... That's yeah, interesting. Uh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. It just kind of shows how bad a shape we're in. You know what this shows me? It doesn't show me how bad a shape we're in physically, because we, you know, we just are where we are there. But it shows me how bad we're we're in, how bad a shape we're in mentally. Mm-hmm. If we think we can't run more than fifty meters, yeah, um, for, you know, it, without stopping, no matter what. I mean, think about it. if your life would depend on it, anybody could run a mile if your life depended on it. You know, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's for sure. Just, yeah. So anyway, they also asked them. They also asked this question, which I thought was cool. They asked if they considered shopping a form of exercise. So is shopping a form of exercise? And once again, Utah topped the list. Only seven percent of people from Utah thought that shopping qualified as exercise. In North Dakota, eighty percent of the people. <laughs> thought that shopping was exercise uh does now, this mean that shop for god has potential maybe so <laughs> that's a, that's a little scary that's a little <laughs> <laughs> my wife doesn't need to be in that club for sure uh, but it's interesting um to see how many people think about shopping as exercise but i think this depends if you're if you're 80 years old shopping is exercise just walking around a store it is probably for well, the, for the average eighty year old. Have you ever been in a the local indoor mall and seen the mall walkers? Yeah, yeah. Now that's intense. That is intense. My my grandfather used to do that. If you don't know what that is, it's 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 people who they wanna they wanna be in a climatized environment. But where are you gonna go find a track or anywhere big to walk? So they go to the local malls, and my grandfather would walk. He would walk with his right shoulder, you know, a foot from the wall, and he would walk the whole perimeter. And I forget how far it was. It was a long way yeah. around Hamilton Place Mall. Oh, man, that's a big uh, It was, I want to say it was like two miles maybe. Does that yeah. sound reasonable? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. if you you're going if you, in all the turns and everything. And you got two levels. 
So yeah, mm-hmm. and um, so yeah, if if that is considered shopping because you're in a shopping mall, then yeah, yeah, then it would be. I can buy that. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we have another story this week from one of our favorites. Rhonda Williams sent us this story entitled, But I Want to Be the Race Car. When I was growing up, Monopoly was a popular game in our house, and one of the most important decisions was choosing which token each player would move around the board. I always wanted to be the race car, but sometimes one of my siblings would scoop it up before I could, and I would get stuck with the boot. But, I want to be the race car. I wanted to be like the race car. Fast, exciting, fun. To me, the boot was just plain boring. Sometimes I pouted and threatened not to play if I couldn't have the token I wanted. Once, my mother put me in in the timeout chair in a corner for a while so I could think about my behavior. However, she always gave me a second chance to join in the game. As an adult, I want to be like Paul, the greatest evangelist ever. Wow, what a life. But I have to admit, I have more in common with Jonah. God called Jonah to preach to the evil and cruel Ninevites, but he rebelled because they were Israel's enemy and he hated them. He wanted God to destroy them rather than save them. He felt they did not deserve God's mercy, so he threw a tantrum that would put any child to shame. He defied God and ran away, so God put him in time out in the belly of a huge fish so he could think about his behavior. That small chair in the corner doesn't seem so bad now. Jonah relented, and God gave him a second chance to obey, so he reluctantly went to Nineveh and preached the message God had given him. The people repented. God showed mercy, and Jonah pouted. Yep, he pouted. That was not the outcome he was hoping for. Well, just kill me then, he said in Jonah 4, 1 through 3. I have to admit that sometimes I feel just like Jonah and find it's hard to forgive. It's difficult to pray for someone who has hurt me and to love someone I know hates me. But that is what Christ calls us to do in Matthew five forty three through 48. Instead of praying for them, I want God to punish them. And like Jonah, I want to watch. That's in Jonah 4, 5. There are those that I feel do not deserve God's mercy, but I remind myself that I don't deserve his mercy either. I need to be reminded that God's love and mercy extend to everyone and pray he will help me see others through his eyes rather than through flawed human eyes. Man, Rhonda's good at what she does. Yeah, that's a good story. That might be my second favorite she's written. I, I really like the Worms one. Yeah, 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 that was my favorite one. Yeah, <laughs> well, that was I was Rhonda, right? The worms, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Well, from a running perspective, what strikes me about this story is is how we we give up so easy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, instead of instead of looking at okay, I missed a day, let's turn today, and it and instead of giving up, okay, tomorrow new day, mm-hmm. let's just. Let's just go at it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, this is why things didn't go Jonah's way, mm-hmm. so Jonah just pouted. And that's what we do when we miss running. We we miss a day and we just pout. Ah, oh, I missed a day. It's all over now. My yeah. whole plan. Well, we do it. We do it with everything. Well, I mean, I true. think about I, I'm I'm unfortunately I'm forced to change some of my diet habits right now. Um, got some 
lab work that was went the wrong way on me so i'm having to change a few things uh cholesterol wise and i've been doing so good you know since i started i this was back after right after christmas when i got these and uh the youth the youth on wednesday night is my achilles heel because oh, they yeah. have snacks up there <laughs> and uh last night i i grabbed a cookie and I, and i was like i did exactly what you're talking about i was like <laughs> I blew it. It's over. Yeah. I, no, it's not. It's a cookie. Yep. Wake up this morning, grab my oatmeal, and reset. But uh, but yeah, you're right. We we and I don't know why that is. Why why is that? Why do you think that is that we running? We, we miss a day. We think we ruined it. We just want you things know, our way. I think quiet time. We miss a day reading our Bible, and we just throw our hands up and we're done. Yeah. I don't know why that is that we're like that, but I mean, I guess it's I guess it's the devil. It's. Yeah. He, he convinces us, he's the master of all lies, he convinces us that we ruined it. Yeah, and what happens is I think about it from my, when I, I'm doing the sound or audio video stuff at the church and something goes wrong, you want to fix whatever went wrong mm-hmm. when it happens, right? Mm-hmm. But the service is still going on. Mm-hmm. You don't have time to fix you it. You can't fix but it. You're you going to make it worse. You start trying to focus on fixing it, and then you miss something else. Yeah. And that's the way it happens when we when we focus on not getting the race car instead of just instead of just grabbing the shoe and being happy with the shoe. Mm-hmm. We're we're still our brain is just consumed with well, I wanted the race car, mm-hmm. and I wanted to, uh, you know, I, I I hate it that I ate that cookie or yeah. you know whatever it is and we just get consumed by it mm-hmm. and uh, we got to move on jonah 4 1 through 3 but to jonah this seemed very wrong and he became angry he prayed to the lord this isn't what i said lord when i was when i was still at home oh excuse me isn't this what i said lord when i was still at home that is what I tried to forestall by fleeing to Tarshish. I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Now, Lord, take away my life, for it is better for me to die than to live. <laughs> you know what queen. I hear when I hear, yeah, drama queen, but you know what I hear when I, when I read that? Jonah is basically saying, God, this is what I was trying to tell you. You've messed it up, now just kill me. <laughs> That's basically what Jonah's yeah, saying there. Yeah. And how, but how many times do we do it? Oh, yeah, yeah. But, well, this is even funnier than that, too, though. It's because it's like, God, you're so awesome. Bunch of- yeah. <laughs> what? Just, just shoot me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, gosh, that's crazy. Um, yeah, he, he, Jonah's not happy that, you know, the Ninevites have found favor with God after repenting. Because, and, and we do this all the time, when somebody does something wrong to us, we we want them to feel the weight of what they did in some way or another, and um, that's not what God's about. Uh, and so Jonah, the, here he is pitching a fit after he's done. He's done these great things. He should be looking at himself and thinking, "Look what God just did through me. That's just incredible that God could use me to change like the worst people on the earth." And instead, he's dwelling somewhere else. Mm-hmm. That just uh, it, it's. And, and I'm embarrassed to say that, you know, that happens to me sometimes. You know, when somebody does something that, that I don't like or that hurts me, then, you know, my, my feeling is, is we, we, what do we call it these days? We call it justice, mm-hmm. right? We want justice. Um, but the truth is, like she says in the story, we all deserve mm-hmm. um, 
if we got what our justice was, we would all be in bad shape. You know, I, I feel like, and, and hear me when I say I have got major faults, but I feel like on this front, this is one of the places that God has changed me over the past 10, 15 years. I don't know what it is, but I feel like he's given me the ability to see somebody who's trying to hurt you. It's, 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 it's like I can see behind the veil and maybe it's just, maybe it's from past experiences. You know, I've, I've tried it Jonah's way and it doesn't work. So maybe there's some wisdom God has given me there, but to, to be able to see so many times it's not personal. Yeah. It's it's not about me. It's it's rarely ever about us. It's about mm-hmm. something that's going on in that person's life. And I think when you look at what's going on through that lens, then you can become joyful when redemption comes. Yeah. But if you're looking at it through the lens of this is personal and hatred is hatred is anywhere in the conversation then you're going to be like Jonah. Yeah. You're, you're not going to be happy when that person is redeemed or they come to know the Lord. They don't need to come to know the Lord. They need, you know, hell. Well, so do you. So do I. Um, but I think that's – and it's something I prayed about yeah. long and hard through some situations in my past. Um, but if you can get to the point where you look at, you look at what that person's doing as – it's more about them than it is about you. It, it changes your perception. Yeah, for sure. I love the way God in this situation, he's so gentle and he's like, kind of, I mean, he did throw him in a whale. Well, he did, <laughs> but I mean, after the fact, after he's still pouting, right, you know, yeah. then, then he, you know, he's like, you know, what, what are you doing? Yeah. You know, he's just like, not instead of going, yeah. you know, he's of course, you know, eventually, cause Jonah wouldn't relent. He had to, take mm-hmm. more extreme measures but that's the way i think that's the way god works with us he tries to to move us gently at first mm-hmm. and then if we don't do that then he'll find bring he'll in the find whales two by four <laughs> yeah bring in the whales, <laughs> bring in the whales. <laughs> uh, matthew 5 43 through 48 you have heard it that it was said love your neighbor and hate your enemy but i tell you love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you that you may be children of your father in heaven he causes the son he causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and unrighteous if you love those who love you what reward will you get are not even the tax collectors doing that and if you greet only your own people what are you doing more more than others do not even pagans do that be perfect therefore as your heavenly father is perfect what about that last statement that is so hard. Oh my gosh! But that's that—that's the standard. The standard is what, not what the guy down the road's doing. Uh, right. The standard is perfect. Yeah. And we we can't say, well, Dean does something worse, therefore I'm better. No, you're not. Yeah. Jesus did nothing bad. Jesus was perfect. Yeah. And so. That's our standard to live by. And so many, so many times we, we, we want to ignore 
that last sentence. Um, yeah, well, <laughs> and that's that's our our world these days, right. right? Is the idea that I mean, gosh, from a political standpoint, you see it so hard. Mm-hmm. It's you got two people who do the exact same thing, basically. And you could you treat them completely differently because of what's in your mind, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, the, the the truth is is we should be able to yeah if we're condemning a person for doing something that's wrong, I, I say condemning. If we're saying something is wrong, it's wrong no matter who does it, mm-hmm. and we have a tendency to equivocate on those things. And um, yeah, it, this is just a really hard thing. Mm-hmm. And I guess the question is, how do we overcome that? How do we get past the idea that um, we want bad things to happen? How do we get past this, it's so hard to love our enemies? Um, how, how do we get to the point where we we, we look at that person who is our, our for you know, the way the Bible describes it, your enemy? How do you look at that person and go, I love you? I think it's I think it's experience. I think both you and I and probably many of the people listening have experienced this that the fact that to to hate somebody and to be just chronically angry with somebody it doesn't affect them. Mm-hmm. It affects you. And I I learned that the hard way. Um Plus, you add the layer of it's scriptural. Yeah. And if we call ourselves children of God, but we hate anybody, <laughs> we're not living by the Word of God. Yeah. We're just not. And so, therefore, everything we say can be used against us. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you call yourself—that that, that is the phrase that horrifies me, for somebody to say— you call yourself a Christian, but you do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's tough to hear. It's it's tough to hear, and that's it's something that I strive not to hear, yeah. and that's hard to do. But yeah. um, but living in in anger and hating people, and it it just does it, it doesn't affect that person; it affects you. Yeah, you know what I noticed about this scripture that I've never noticed before. You know, it says, "Love your enemies and." Pray for those who persecute you. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. It, it's hard. We, we can't imagine loving our enemy sometimes. But I'll tell you this. If you'll pray for them, mm-hmm. you'll you'll find that it's not as hard as you think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think that the reason why this says love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, because if you're if you'll just take the step of praying, for that, those people who persecute you, whether whether you do it really sincerely to start with or not, if you'll keep that up, it'll become sincere, and you will you will figure out how to turn those tables and, and learn mm-hmm. to love your enemy. At least that's what I think, and I think mm-hmm. that's why it, it's put together like that. I don't know. It's a lot like um, it's a lot like positive self talk. We talk about this all the time with our mind when we're runners. Is is doing and saying and thinking positive things. Uh, we talked about that here with Laura's story. The the more positively you think about things, the better the outcome usually is. Um, and and this is not different. When you pray, 
and you pray for something, um, even if sometimes when you begin to pray, it's not as heartfelt as it should be, it'll become that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. That's that's kind of kind of the thing I looked at, and I thought that was interesting. Jonah four five. Jonah had gone out and sat down at the place at a place east of the city. There he made himself a shelter, sat in its shade, and waited to see what would happen to the city. <laughs> so here he is. He's done this thing, and he's hoping God's going to do something bad to the city, so he's going to sit out there and watch it. Pull up a chair and watch. Oh, my gosh. How bad is that? I can see his glass of sweet tea and his little umbrella in it and <laughs> straw hat and sunglasses. I, I, I've got this picture in my head of because I've been there before. You know, mm-hmm. I've been there in my past that you're like, watch, watch what God's about to do. And <laughs> the lesson comes to you. Yeah. It doesn't come there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So much to learn here. Yeah, there is. And we, we, a lot of times we look at it and we think, well, I'm, I'm so much better person. Self-righteousness. That person yes. That's where self-righteousness yeah. shines the brightest. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's not attractive no it's not we think we think that it's attractive when we're in the middle of it but it's so repulsive yeah to the outside world um yeah, yeah. and that, another that's another thing that we see uh, a lot of these days is i call it virtue signaling mm-hmm. where where people um you know that their their goal is not to to really do or or make an impact but just to make sure that everybody around them knows how good a person they are Mm -hmm. and so that you know and that's that's unfortunate question do you find it difficult to forgive or to reach out to someone you feel is undeserving yeah this story has um has convicted me just because um i i just I, i do find it hard i find it hard to be proactive it's one thing to take somebody who's who has wronged you and they come and they they greet you and they talk to you. It's one thing to be cordial and to be nice and to allow that relationship to change. It's a whole different thing to go be the first person to go and do that. Again, I feel like uh, – <laughs> You know, I I, I I went through this yeah. 12, 13 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the time, I would have said, yes, it's very difficult. God pressed on my heart through a series of events. There's some people you need to go talk to and you need to make it right. Some of which you wronged, some of which they wronged you. Mm-hmm. But it needs to be the same conversation in both instances. And Man, I did that kicking and screaming. I, I did not want to do it, but I realized I was going to be in turmoil until I did it. And so I did it. And I got to the other side of it. And because of that, I've, God may convict me the minute I say this, but I feel like I don't have a problem with this anymore. Yeah. Because I... I feel like if there is any turmoil, I can't go to bed that night. Yeah. Without whether it's my kids or my wife or a friend or whatever, I've I've learned through doing it that 
is so much better. Yeah. It's so much better when you do that hard thing, rip that Band-Aid off right now yep. than to let it drag on. Yeah. Um, it's it, Don't let the sun go down in your anger. Amen. Uh, that's, those, are, those are very wise words to live by, and, and it's what I, tr- that's what I try to, to let. Now, I've got faults in other areas, plenty of them, that we may talk about next week. Yeah. But I really don't. That's because I've learned it here. God, God's really, really changed you. I, there's so many people out there who have these incredible stories. Um, and I, I think of Bill Fay. Bill Fay is the guy. He wrote a, it's a Bible study steer, series called Sharing Jesus Without Fear. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's kind of a, a way to share. He talks about how you can share Jesus, and he, and he does this. And it's, but Bill Fay was also a gambler, a mafia guy. He was a horrible human being human trafficking, drugs, all all the worst things in society. That's what he was involved in. And people would try to share Jesus with him. And he would mock them. And I wonder how many of those people who tried to share Jesus with him that got mocked see him today and go, man, that is just so awesome that God's changed him. I mean, I hope that they all do that. Um, Because the truth is, is that we can't, the the Bill Fays of the world, the stories of where people change are way more likely if we'll go and and forgive these people for the things that they do. Um, those people can look at him and, and think, because he actually says it. He goes back and says, I never forgot the name, the face, or the time that anybody shared Jesus with me. Mm. Um, and that's true. So even when people are giving you a hard time even when people are doing wrong to you, the way that you respond to those things could have a lasting impact on somebody that you may not see in that moment. That person who listened to Bill Fay say, you know, you're, you're, you're stupid for believing in fairy tales, mm-hmm. um, didn't feel good at that time, but it, it paid dividends later. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, I think we have to realize that that when we when we go back and we forgive people for for wronging us, that it could have a it could be something that's a lasting impact and not something you may not see it now, mm-hmm. but if we'll hold the character that God wants us to hold, mm-hmm. um, eventually it turns out for good. Well, you know, Mark Yoho, I've, I've said on here before that he said early on in the days of Run for God when you know because we have the trolls, we we have the Bill phase of the world who just come and attack what we do mm. and it used to really just get under my skin i mean it it would make me mad it was it was back in the time when i i struggled with that and mark told me one time he said those that are the loudest and the most against you now you got to gr- take it you got to understand mark is a street preacher <laughs> six foot i don't know what five six seven big guy he this is a guy who takes punches gets pushed around on the street he said, those that are the loudest and the most against what you do are the biggest opportunities. Yeah. He said, because if you can be persistent and turn those people, they'll be just as loud and vocal for the cause of Christ yeah. as they are against the cause of Christ. And, and this Bill Faye is a great example of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, Mark's such a, he's such a gentle. A gentle guy. giant. Yeah, yeah. It's really cool. Another question. Is it easier when you remember the times God has shown you mercy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's kind of what we're talking about, right? Um, every time that God shows you mercy and you and you apply that to that situation, 
the more likely it is that you can get through that situation in a, in a way that's positive rather than negative. Um, and I think that we we tend to have compassion when we realize compassion has been bestowed upon us. It's a mm-hmm. lot easier for us to give compassion. And the truth is, is God gives us compassion every day. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the way we should look at it. Um, yeah, we, we, sometimes you'll see you'll see people. I, I I think it's funny. I mentioned earlier how, uh, from a political standpoint, you see people they look at two they look two people look at the same story. You look at two different news stations, right? One news station sees a story, the other one sees the facts are the same. Mm-hmm. The facts don't change, but the interpretation of those facts are completely different, and. The truth is, is that we should all be trying to look through the eyes of the people we don't agree with. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite people to listen to on podcasts, I won't mention the name, but is a guy who is all he and he says this. He says, if you can't look at the people that you disagree with and say something nice about them, you have a serious problem in your life. You're the problem. Yes. Um, you should be able to take anybody and mm-hmm. find positive things and be able to say positive things. That doesn't mean you have to agree with them. Sure. You can completely disagree with them. Um, but I think if you can get yourself to that point and realize that every person has value, every person has value in God's eyes, and therefore every person should have value in our eyes. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just pretty pretty simple. Imagine how our world would change if everybody started thinking started looking at people and thinking whatever they did, they had the best intentions rather than the worst intentions. Because usually that is the case. Right. Usually it is the case. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's very rare exceptions that Mm -hmm. people are just malicious. Mm -hmm. I mean, we will will make that statement about people in our church. Well, they just, they're just trying to tear the church down. No, they're not. (laughs) They're not. They, they maybe made a mistake misjudge something um but we're so quick to just go on the attack and 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 prescribe ill will to that person when that's not usually the case yep and from a running standpoint just like uh with laura earlier um we not only have to forgive others we have to forgive ourselves as well Mm -hmm. and and look at sometimes that's the hardest one to do sometimes it is yeah Last question. Do you make an effort to see yourself and others through God's eyes instead of your own? Stepping on some toes here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I do make an effort. Am I always successful in that? No, I'm not. I, I get, I have, I still have my Jonah moments. Yeah. Um, those are fewer and fewer these days. Um but yeah, I mean, I still have my Jonah moments, and and God is quick to to open my eyes usually, and I, I thank Him for that. You yeah. know, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard when God opens your eyes, um, but it's necessary. But we have a tendency to think that God sees things. A lot of times, we have a tendency to think that God sees things like we see them. I'm sure that's what Jonah was thinking. Yes, <laughs> God, God's yeah. got my back here. Yeah, only to get slapped upside the head and thrown yeah. in the belly of a whale. Yeah. Um, but if you'll if you'll spend the time just just like you were talking about earlier, if you'll spend the time praying about it and asking God to reveal truth to you, God will show you. Mm-hmm. But 
so many times we move forward thinking that God thinks the same way I do. Because I read my Bible. Look, I, I read my Bible. Mm-hmm. I know. I know what God thinks. <laughs> no. It's yeah, it's it's one of those hard prayers. It, it's kind of like God reveal my sin to me. Because yeah. <laughs> get ready, because He will. Yeah. Um, but yeah. gosh, those are those are. It's kind of like that band aid illustration again. Pray, pray that prayer. Stop and listen. That's the part. Is usually we'll pray that prayer, then we'll go do something, and get busy, and just 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 sit there in your silence for a little while, and and you'll be amazed at the little thing. 10 years ago that you need to deal with yeah and man those are hard yeah those are hard i've had to deal with them um it's the but it's so plank, worth it. it it is so where well, i used yeah. that example just yesterday yeah you know i had a this was this was on the construction side and i had a meeting and i was just really on a person and there were some other people in the room and the next day i called one of the ladies in and i said look and I, I use scripture. I said, look, the Bible says, who are you to point out the speck in your brother's eye when you got a plank in your own eye? Do I have a log in my eye in this situation? You, We've got to check ourselves yeah. because th- there was a little bit difference of opinion there. And and she brought that to my attention. I was like, you know what? You're right. Um, we've, we've got to ask those questions that we don't want to ask because so many times we're steeped in our self-righteousness that we think we're so right and everybody else is so wrong, and that is never the case. Yeah. There's always some kind of – it's just like we think we're the good person and the other person is all bad. It's never the case. That's right, yep. And the truth is is that God looks at people. I mean, take the worst person you can think about. God loves them, period. No, mm-hmm. there's no – no qualifications about that. It's you know it, you got a satanic group mm-hmm. that's doing horrific things. Sure, God loves them. Yep, um, and God wants us to look at them the same way that He does, and He wants us to go try to reach them. That's right, not to condemn them. That's right. Wow. Do you struggle with motivation to exercise? Are you looking for something that will challenge you and inspire and motivate you? The Run for God Run Club is just what you need to get off the couch and on your way to a fitter, healthier you. Stop trying to get into better shape and do it with the help and inspiration of thousands of others who are going through the same challenges you face. Whether you are participating in the Couch to Marathon Challenge or any of our other challenges, or you're just looking for a daily pick-me-up to get active, join the Run for God Run Club today. You can join for as little as 27 cents a day. So what are you waiting for? Get started today at runforgod.com. All right, we're back. You know, a lot of folks who listen to this podcast, hopefully, they're trying to live healthy lives. Right. Um, and last week, I was talking with a guy. He's probably about 16 years old or so, um, who was concerned about his mother and his brother. His mother was is overweight, doesn't do much exercise, and he's he just wants to see her be healthier and do more exercise. And he, I mean, he was so wise beyond his years in the way he was talking about it, how, you know, he wants his his mother to have more of a full life mm-hmm. by being able to, to do those things. And then um, 
his brother is one of those gamers, you know, mm-hmm. spends his whole life on, on games and he's a little pudgy. And so he's kind of out of shape and this guy takes it upon himself to get out and run every day. Mm. And, um, it's really cool to see, but it, it made me think about what do we do when we have family members, we have people around us that we really care about and we want them to see the value in being more active and being more healthy in the way that we do things, how, how do we do that? How, how do we encourage them? What do we do? I think I, th- I think it's always about you have to talk about what it's done for you, not what they're not doing. Yeah. Um, so many times we're condemning, you know, about you need to get out and exercise. That's never – that is. Well, I shouldn't say never. It's rarely the – the way to go about it the better way is to say you know coming from your run if he's talking to his mom or brother man i, just, I feel so good I, I feel like i've got more energy talk about what it's what the what the process is doing for you more than you need to do the process because nobody takes that well well i don't take that well when somebody says you need to do this yep with very few exceptions um but yeah, I think I think but we we as a society we typically go that route. Yeah, we do. You need to do this. Yeah. And you know, I, that's very rarely the answer. It's a lot like our spiritual walk, right? And when we share Christ with others, um, we can point our fingers at him and go, "This is what you need to believe," or we can yeah. say, "Listen to what he's done for me." Yeah. And it, it makes all so the our difference. Our testimony is is the number one tool in our arsenal. Yeah, and it is, isn't it interesting? It's our testimony spiritually, mm-hmm. our testimony physically. Mm-hmm. Um, it's There's, all, I mean, it's the same way with I, – you've heard me talk about I like Dave Ramsey. Yeah. It's your testimony financially. You know, pointing a finger at somebody and saying, you need to get your finances in check, that's usually not going to work. Right. But it's saying, I, I applied these principles to my life, and it's made a difference. That's – you gotta, you gotta, you gotta bring people along on the journey, not say you need to do the journey. There's yeah. a big difference there. It's the tone. Yeah, it is. So, do you think it's harder or easier from a? You think it's harder or easier to share about somebody's physical? Because when we think about somebody's spiritual journey, we realize there's eternal consequences, sure. right? And so, we the gravity of that situation weighs on us because of the eternal significance of it. When you're talking about physically, there's no eternal significance to whether or not they're healthy or not. Um, but there is, you do want to see them live a fuller life. Which one do you think is harder, sharing with people spiritually or sharing with people about their physical activity? That one's tricky. Isn't it? Physical. Yeah. Yeah, because physical is one of those you can <laughs> you can turn it into a joke. You know, yeah. I think about Jerry Brooker, you know, and my <laughs> the guy that actually pushed me to write the original five K challenge, ironically enough, or to, to get it published, you know, he he makes fun of exercise. Every every time I've ever had any kind of injury and I come in, he's my Sunday school teacher. He's like, it's all that running, you know. So it can be it can be made into a joke. It's kind of hard to put eternity with Christ or damnation into a yeah into a joke. I, I was trying to think. I saw a sign. Um, 
that said it was online. It wasn't an actual sign that I saw, but it was of a veterinarian clinic. And it said, there's nothing better than the feeling of just finishing a run other than the feeling of just not running. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, you kind of snicker in. So that, that is what makes it hard is because we know, we know how great it can make you feel, but I, I don't know. It's, it's weird yeah um but yeah i think i think i think pointing out the benefits of a life with christ is much easier to point out than pointing out the benefits of exercise and i agree with that i think in both cases we have to be we talk about the light being the light for people we have to be the light either way Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and so I hope and I and I know, I mean, I hear from people all the time that that tell me, you know, you're an inspiration because, you know, you're out there running every day. And and that's really, really nice to hear. So it, you hopefully you're you're being that guiding light and hopefully people are doing the same thing from a spiritual standpoint too. Hopefully I'm I'm doing things well enough that people are, are thinking the same way. Um Well, how would it go over the guy, the last person that told you, Dean, you're an inspiration, and I know you get that all over your town because everybody always sees you run. So the last person that came and said, Dean, it's, it's just awesome what you do. You're an inspiration. What if that person would have never seen you running and you walked up to him and said, you're overweight. You need to start running. How would that go? It wouldn't go over well, would it? It wouldn't go over well. No. So, yeah, I mean, our actions, way to put it, our actions are a far better way of communicating many times. Now, you know, that's why I have a little bit of problem with the, the phrase preach the gospel and if necessary, use words. I get the sentiment, but with the gospel, See, we've got to use words. Yeah. We, we've we've got to do that. But with exercise, it, it can be an inspiration that drives people yeah. to do something. But and it opens um, the door. Sure, that opens the door exactly because people. There are people. I, I can think of one person here in Dalton. She's part of Run Club, and she's been very very active. And she's lost a bunch of weight. She's so much healthier. She's so happy. Mm-hmm. You can just you read her post, and her you can. You can see the grin on her face, and um, a lot of that came from that very. There was an inspiration there, mm-hmm. and she thought, and then I was able to encourage, and then now she's, it's great, mm-hmm. it's great. She's encouraging others now, and and that, but that door was opened sure. because of the other things that I do, right. and so yeah, whatever whatever it is, um, I think this too. It is incumbent upon us, according to the Bible, to share Jesus. Mm-hmm. I think it's also incumbent upon us to try to encourage people to be healthier as well. Sure. And um, I think sometimes we feel like, not not we, some people, are like, that's none of my business. Mm-hmm. That's their life. But I, I think, and we don't have to do it in an ugly way, like you mentioned, but I do think we should, for sure. All right, it's time for Dean's Thoughts, and that's a time when I share something I've written about the intersection between running and faith. Do you know much about goldfish? I didn't until I read this. This might be interesting. (laughs) It's called Grow Like a Goldfish. Have you ever had goldfish? Maybe you won a goldfish at the fair and you brought it home in a glass or a bag. Once at home, many goldfish are put into a bowl where they will stay and live, sometimes for many years. I have a fish that is in the carp family, like goldfish, that is over 20 years old. 
He's about 12 inches long. If he would have been kept in that goldfish bowl from the time he was young, he would never have grown to the size he is now. His 72-gallon environment allows him to be large. If you take the goldfish from the fair and put him in a larger container than the one-gallon bowl, he will grow larger than he will in the small environment. As a matter of fact, the largest goldfish ever recorded is 67 pounds. Of course, it was in a large pond. Uh, the reason goldfish do not grow up uh, to their potential is that they secrete a hormone that suppresses their growth. They do not secrete the hormone, or at least not as much, if their environment gives them room to swim around. If the fish are secreting the growth-inhibiting hormone, they don't even know it. They have no idea that they could have grown to twice their size. I see this all the time with athletes. They could do so much more, but they don't believe it. At the first sight of resistance, they secrete doubt into their minds. They allow the doubt to grow, and they never reach their full potential. For a runner, all of this takes place in the brain, or what Dr. Tim Noakes calls the central governor. Now, a young goldfish can be moved from the small bowl to a large environment, and he will begin to grow larger. For a runner, a change of environment can transform her running because much of our mentality comes from those around us. This is why the Run for God Run Club is so successful in taking runners and walkers to the next level. When someone joins Run Club, it's like taking a goldfish from a fishbowl to a 72-gallon tank. There's room to grow mentally because, well, look around. There are many who are going through the same struggles, showing us that overcoming our situation is possible. If you're worried about being too slow, there's always someone a little slower. If you're worried about being too old, there's always someone a little older. But if you struggle... Look at the ways you can change your environment. Who are you hanging around with? Are they supportive to what you're trying to accomplish? Do you have the equipment you need? Are you seeking ways to be motivated and better informed about what you're trying to accomplish? There are many ways you can change your environment to allow yourself to grow. Here's another thing about goldfish. If they find their environment is poor, they may decide to jump out of their bowl. But in order to jump out, they'll swim backwards for a second before swimming as fast as they can to leave the water. That means they're preparing to jump, and they're very purposeful about it. We can learn from the goldfish. If we're going to change our circumstances, we have to gather ourselves, get set, and then go as hard as you can in the direction you want to go. The good news is that when you leave your nasty water, unlike the goldfish, you have a great chance of landing in a much better place. The Bible tells us that we are a new creation when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. I've heard story after story about people who were completely changed in an instant. But I've also seen others who are uh, others where a person gets really excited about changing and then they go back to their old ways. When we make the decision to follow Christ, we're jumping out of the fishbowl. We're committed and we need to look at it that way. The goldfish has no way to pick himself back up and get back in the bowl. In the same way, we have to change the things around us when we decided to follow Christ. That looks different for everyone. When you decide to sign up for a 5K challenge or a couch to marathon challenge, we must jump out of the fishbowl and go all in. If that means changing things around you to ensure you're more successful, then that's what you should do. Put another way, it's hard to give up Oreo cookies if you keep them in the house. It's just too tempting. What are your Oreo cookies? What keeps you on the couch? Get rid of it. 
jump out of the fishbowl and leave the old environment behind and land in a larger space that allows you to grow. Dean, I don't know how you come up with these stories. That's another good one. <laughs> goldfish. Um, we're a product of our environment, and it's and I've seen it. I've seen mm-hmm. goldfish. As a matter of fact, I remember one goldfish one time. This is an interesting story. Um, the power went off in this girl's house, and she had a goldfish in a bowl, and the bowl froze. Mm. The goldfish literally froze. And when it thawed out, the goldfish lived. I've never seen anything like it. Really? It's the craziest thing. The only thing that happened was the goldfish's tail went side went went cockeyed a little bit. <laughs> so I don't know what it was about that, but the goldfish literally was frozen. It's and the, the poster you. of perseverance right yeah, there. Yeah, just crazy. Anyway, um, yeah, you know, it's funny because we take our kids and we put them, we try to put our kids in the best environment possible, mm-hmm. right? We're so concerned about our kids. Mm-hmm. But then when it comes to us, mm-hmm. we, we just we don't pay any attention to it. We no. just live with whatever we've got and we don't try to change our environment. But we should we should be changing our environment just like we change our kids' environment, shouldn't we? Yeah. Yeah, I mean I, I think about when when I'm thinking about this, I think about Lane with his triathlon. You know, Lane has never lived and trained well, he, he had a team when he was younger a triathlon team when he was younger. Um, but today, Lane does not live and train with other triathletes. Mm-hmm. But what he does, what what I think has made him successful is he does go bike with some of the best bikers around here. Mm-hmm. He's on a cross-country team, and he runs with some really great runners, and he has a swim team that's local where he goes – and swims with great swimmers Mm -hmm. and so you're right when you when you put yourself in that environment always try to i I never want to be the best in the room yeah i never want to be the smartest in the room because that that stunts growth just like that goldfish Mm -hmm. and if we if we go put ourselves in an environment where people are better at the any given thing swimming biking running uh bible study wise scriptural a job you're it's always going to raise you it's always going to bring you up and it's yeah it's it's this goldfish story is so good because of that and going back to the the other stuff we've talked about during this whole podcast it's funny how god puts all these things Mm -hmm. together but think about it from, from this point, this standpoint, a lot of times when we're in a toxic environment, mm-hmm. we don't even know it, Mm-mm. you know. So we we have to take a step back. We have to think about where we are, and we have to, you know, like I was saying earlier about you have, you have to be able to say something good about mm-hmm. people who persecute you as well as something that's not necessarily good. You have to look at your situation honestly mm-hmm. and so many times we don't do that and and to, in today's world we're we are rationalizing so much mm-hmm. and we have got to st- we can't do that as christians mm-hmm. we can't do that and we but we do the other way too you know we've all seen that like you talked about um was it ronda St- oh, we were just talking about um, i'm losing my brain here for a second about athletes who don't see the potential yeah was that in Rhonda's story yeah okay yeah. um it, 
as coaches, many times we see it. Yeah. We know it. We see the fire in the belly. We see the the potential. But so many times athletes get to that point where it's kind of the opposite of the goldfish. Mm. They think they're in that little bowl. Yeah. I'm in this little bowl I can't grow anymore. Yeah. When we know you're in a lake. Yeah. Grow. Excel. Do. But and, and that is to me, that is one of the hardest things to coach. And maybe you can give some wisdom here from from coaching at the college level, but getting I'm not even gonna say young people, getting people in general to recognize their potential is hard to do. It is. Um and I I know it's different for every athlete, but And you have to use different means to get there. Yeah. Sometimes you gotta pull other people in. Sometimes mm-hmm. you gotta find ways to get them to understand. But on the other side of that, too, uh, when somebody tells us that we're in a toxic situation, we need to listen. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of times where people are telling us mm-hmm. and we're just not listening. Mm-hmm. And now you can't take everything everybody tells you as, you know, 100% fact, but you need to listen. And find the little nuggets because a lot of times people are trying to help you out of those situations if you'll just allow that to, to permeate your brain, right? It's kind of like the crab in the boiling water. Yeah. He never knows the water. He never knows the water is heating up until it's too late. That's right. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So whatever your your environment needs to be, try, try to make those changes that will, that will help. You know, right now we're doing the Bible in a Year podcast mm-hmm. thing where – that's a great way for those that, you know, we're so, we get so busy, we just feel like we don't have time to sit and read our Bible. Well, you, at least in this situation, you can, you can read your Bible. And maybe you're listening and you've heard Dean say that and you're like, I wonder what that is. I don't want anybody to think because at this point it is January the 23rd. Your first thought is, I'm 23 days late. You're, you're not. If, if if God's laying that on your heart to to take part in that, go get on the app and, and sign up for that challenge. Start right now. Catch up when you can, if you can. It doesn't matter. You don't have to go catch up. Start right now, and that could be life-changing for you. Yeah. One of the things that struck me about all of this is um, kids. When I'm going back to the, my initial thing about kids – Kids are going to be in a larger environment as they get older. Mm-hmm. It's just what's that environment going to look like, right? So as their environment gets bigger, what what is it going to look like? Well, it, it kind of works the same way for us too. As we move about and we do different things, we get exposed to different things. We need to be purposeful about what we're exposing ourselves to, to, to head in the direction that we need to go. Uh, I think that's so critical. Um, but we're, 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 so we're busy with compromise these days, right? Mm-hmm. And we got to be careful not to do that. Uh, bottom line is we need to be in good water with plenty of space for growth. And that looks different for everybody. And, you know, that's the thing about this. There's no special formula. It's everybody's got to figure out their own way, uh, to do that. Right. But we all need what we do need to do. As Jabez prayed the prayer, mm-hmm. right? God, show me 
enlarge my territory, help me to understand how I can do that. And that's where we need to spend our time is, is asking God to show us because he'll show us if we'll ask him. Right. Good word, Dean. While you're working hard to keep your body in shape physically, the music you listen to while you run can help keep you in shape spiritually. We've partnered with J Radio to put together a group of running playlists by Dean, Lane, Holly, myself, and others that you hear here on the Run For God podcast. Plus, you can listen to a playlist put together by members of Run Club just like you. Check out the whole station of Run For God playlist at jradio.com and in the J Radio app. All right, every week I share a reason why running is so awesome, and this is this week's reason. It doesn't require a commute. Mm. You know, most of the time you can run from your house mm-hmm. almost anywhere. You can mm-hmm. run from wherever you are. Now, there, there are a few exceptions, but for the most part, you can run from just about anywhere. Um, and some are not as good as others. I, now, I'm fortunate. I run mm-hmm. outside my door, and we're in a great spot. You got mm-hmm. a little bit of a busy highway not far from you yeah but I, i've always said i would rather run out here in georgia too than some of the back roads Would where you, really? you run because yeah. you got a you got a pretty wide shoulder you can straight lines people are coming some of those roads you run on you got the crazy rednecks coming around the corner and they'll tell them what they're gonna do and there's no room <laughs> no, to get off you're yeah. looking for the ditch yeah you're right you're right well did you know that running is good for your eyes I had never heard this before, but this is really fascinating. Uh, People who are regular runners have 41% less chance of cataracts. Hmm. I thought that was awesome, especially considering that I've got a genetic disposition to have poor eyes. uh, And my mother had pretty severe cataracts. Um, And I think it might be connected to the fact that running leads to better Better outcomes for diabetes. Diabetes a lot of times leads to cataract as well as high blood pressure will lead to uh, cataracts as well. And so those two things are typically better mm-hmm. if you're a runner. So that they think that's, that may be why it's connected. But I thought that was very interesting. Um, and there are so many things that are better because we do we are running or walking, mm-hmm. doing something, some kind of physical activity. So do you have some favorite things that make – that motivate you the most about why you want to get out there and get it done? Yeah, I always have. I think uh, I'm going to be a little confessional right here. Um, I alluded to it earlier, but, you know, I've – everybody's heard me talk about my smoker on this podcast. I love smoking ribs and meats and – um, you know, the best meats in a smoker are fatty meats. And, and I've always said that I run so I can eat what I want. I've, I've always kept a healthy weight. You know, I've always been fit and, but I had labs done after, after Christmas. Mm. And, um, uh, I got a number back that does not make me feel comfortable at all. Um, it's my cholesterol and it's, it's high. Yeah, and uh, so I kind of look at my running as, gosh, if I wouldn't have been runner, what would it have been? Yeah, that's a good uh, point. Because it's pulling it down for sure, but it's still in the danger zone. So, yeah. um, so going forward, I've kind of put a padlock on the on the smoker for now. Um, to I figure this out because I, I don't. 
at this point, I may have to at some point. I don't want to do a statin or something like that medication. I'm going to try to try to fix it, you know, the right way through diet. Yeah. Uh, but it may come to that. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I know that I'm genetically in a category for high cholesterol and, and heart disease and things like that. So, yeah, I, you know, my, my plea to everyone out there is I haven't had – I just don't go to the doctor. Uh, I've always been real. I don't get sick, really. Um, yeah. And I don't know what it was. There was no, I didn't even go to the doctor. I just decided I need to check my labs. Huh. Now, maybe that was God. I I don't I, I'm sure it was because there's there was no reason me going to get my labs checked the week after Christmas made no sense. I wasn't sick. I was, you know, feeling a little lethargic i mean there's no side effects really to high cholesterol but i just something in me didn't feel right so i went and got my labs checked and my cholesterol was was high so i've changed things i've changed i've I've taken i'm not going to go all the way to taking all meat out but i'm i'm eating fish um anything lean i'm staying away from the red meat um but to answer your question yeah i think i think running had i not had that in my history the past 13 14 years that could have been a lot worse or yeah. it could have been catastrophic who knows yeah um so yeah I, I can no longer say i run so i can eat what i want because <laughs> that is not the case anymore and yeah. so I'm, I'm making those changes you hold me accountable everybody listen to this hold me accountable um because but what i was going to say is is get your checkups yeah because it was a wake-up call to me because i thought i'm healthy i don't smoke i don't overeat uh i run what can be wrong that's a good one like i said it's it amazes me even sitting here talking to it that i had labs run well well for me my favorite thing is just the energy level is i feel so much so much more energy sure when i'm when I'm running and and I'm in, I'm in shape, but I, this is where I was leading with this was what do you, do you think it is more? Obviously it, it, this is both. Okay. I'm going to give two situations and it's actually both. And I know that, but how much is each, there is a portion of it that is running makes your body work better physically. And so it makes, and, and it makes things better. There's also the other side of that is when you are a runner, walker, or you do any kind of a consistent exercise program, you also have a lot of other things in your life that are that fall in line because sure. you're disciplined. Disciplined. And so how much do you think of the positive effects we get from running are because of the actual physical act of what we're doing and how much of it is because we are getting the byproducts of having that kind of lifestyle? Well, you know, I've always said that it, I think it goes both ways, and I'm I'm one that I think it went the other way. I've always said that it, with Run for God, with the ministry, that it's so great because we have so many people who are they have a uh, uh, a natural disposition for discipline in sport, so they they quickly catch on to the running part, and then that bleeds over to their their faith walk. They, they start reading the Bible and becoming disciplined there. But then we have the other side, people come into our program who are very disciplined in their spiritual life. Yeah. 
and that bleeds over to uh, their running life. I feel like I'm one of those who I feel like I've I was always disciplined in so many other areas of my life, and that that bled over to my running life. But you're you're right; it it it's kind of goes both ways, and that's the yeah. beauty of it. Yeah. But you have to be intentional about that. Yeah. It doesn't just happen. That's right. Because uh, you can be disciplined in every area of your life and consistently skip workouts um the the possibilities there but you you gotta it's not just gonna happen that's right yeah good point all right well here's an interesting thing that happened in london so this guy decides that he is going to try to get off of a subway train run to the next subway stop and get back on the same train so apparently in london there's these two stops that are just very close together a tenth of a mile apart why they would have two subway stops that close together, I don't know. But he has this video. You can find it. If you'll Google it, you can, I'm sure you can find this video of this guy. And he's got two cameras um, running simultaneously. The one that he's got kind of on his head, I guess. And then the other one is um, is somebody else that's on the train that's sitting there watching the, the, as the train goes. And so you watch this. The guy's standing at the door. The door is open and boom, he takes off out. He's going to, he's going up and down stairs and he's going through hallways and he's running down the street and he gets back to the other station. He runs through there and down the stairs and he gets down. And uh, it's funny, right near the end, toward the end when he's almost at the, the station, he gets there. The doors are open. You don't see him yet. And all of a sudden he shows up and it looks like he's about to run past the opening where he needs to make the left-hand turn to go to the train. And he, he sees it at the last second. He's like, oh, and then he sprints and dives into the train. Really? And uh, Yeah, and just kind of collapses there in the, at the, in the train and makes it. So I just thought that was it a sounds like cool something thing a 20-year-old me would have done. I would love to try that, yeah. <laughs> I'd like to try it now. Uh, <laughs> but it, overall, I think the video is a minute and 37 seconds long. Really? So uh, I guess he runs for about a minute and 30 of that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, pretty cool. Pretty cool thing. Yep. <laughs> All right. How about a trivia question for this week? The names Abel Mutai and Ivan Fernandez Anaya are linked together because of a cross-country race in December of 2012. What happened in the race that makes them linked forever? Do you know the answer to this one? Nope. I know you've seen this. You just don't know the names that are attached to it. I'm sure of it, but it's Cross pretty country race. Pretty cool thing that that happened uh, in 2000, in December of 2012. Abel Mutai and Fernand, uh, uh, Ivan Fernandez. I think you can probably find it. Ivan Fernandez. Uh, he's got that Anaya last name as well. But I think uh, you can Google Abel Mutai and Ivan Fernandez and find the story. If you are the first person to answer that question and send it to dean at runforgod.com, you will win $20. Free money. Yeah. Everybody likes free money. I do. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. And we will leave you with a motivational thought of the week. It's this one. This comes from a website called Run the Day Nation. Never regret a run in your life. Good runs give you happiness. Bad runs give you experience. Worst runs give lessons. And best runs give memories. Mm, wow. it's a good way to look at it, right? It's a good word. And all that applies to walks as well. So. All right. So all of you couch to marathoners and couch to 5Kers who are doing your first 
workout today. Welcome to Run Club. Yeah. We're glad to have you. And what are we going to say? Cautionary? Don't, Don't do, do too, too much, much too soon, <laughs> too often. All the terrible twos. Don't do it. That's right. But have fun. Have the, Is it going to be hard? Yes. And is it going to be worth it? Yes. Have fun in the process. Embrace it for sure. Yep. And for those of you who are going to be at the marathon and completing mm-hmm. the journey, congratulations for getting here. Yeah, the hay's in the barn at this point. Yeah. Don't you love that statement? Yeah. The hay is in the barn. Yes. Nothing else you can do but enjoy the process. Get as much rest as you can between now and next weekend. Yep. And, um, we'll see you in Gulf Shores. Gulf Shores. Can't wait to see it. Until then, may God bless every step of every run and or walk. Go out there and shine your light. Good job, Dean. For more information about the Run for God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.